Awesome then. Should we get started and get cracking into it? Yes, let's go right at it. Let's do it. Uh, well, first of all, welcome everyone. Welcome to another DeFi Chain community space. Um, we're back again today with another project spotlight where we take a project building on DeFi Chain um, and within the ecosystem and shine a light on it on what they do and how they're making DeFi Chain better for everyone else. So today, as you probably guessed by the back and forth, we're, now, we're going to be speaking with Ebox today um, and giving you a rundown into what they do um, and basically all about their projects. So just before we dive into that, um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Liam and I'm the head of marketing um, at DeFi Chain Labs. And today I'm joined by Via, who was not here last week, which is terrible, but what to do. Um, so we had Flo stepping in last week um, and Via's back this week. Um, yeah, so Via, I don't know if you want to say hi or anything, anything to say before we start. I'm just curious, when you said terrible, did it mean terrible that I wasn't there or terrible that I'm back? Uh, I'll, I'll leave that up to you to decide. Oof. I see how it is. <laughs> but yeah, nice to be back. Hey, everyone. <laughs> awesome, mate. Sweet. Um, so just one thing before we do get started. Uh, at the end, there will be a chance for anyone who wants to ask any questions Uh at the end of the space if you, if you do want to ask questions either feel free to leave as a comment via the comment button on the bottom right below um, that's on the space screen um, or if you feel comfortable speaking in front of people then feel free to uh, request to speak and I'll grant you that request and you can ask, uh, ask Paul directly and with that said let's get into talking into about uh, ebox and MetaLend. Um, so please help me give a warm welcome to Paul. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? Hey, Liam. Hey, everybody. And now officially again, thanks for having <laughs> us. Thanks for the warm welcome. And uh, I think the best thing to say along the lines of thanks for welcoming us, um, I've already said exactly this to a few, um, I think, you know, like major key people uh, of the whole DeFi chain ecosystem, but I think this is a nice occasion to say publicly. Thank you all so much for how you welcomed us here. Seriously, like throughout throughout all our journey in crypto, uh, we haven't experienced anything like that. Like the way how everyone is interconnected and eager to interconnect, help each other, and bring things forward in a mutually mutually beneficial way. Liam, nice impression you dropped me there in our last mess- last messages. Um, <laughs> so totally, like this was the most pleasant, most uh, not just pleasant in a you know like emotional way, but also from a we're gonna get shit done together way welcome that we have ever received so thank you all so much for that and it's more than a pleasure for us to be here that's awesome man yeah i can definitely attest to that like uh, the community in DeFi chain is really helpful and very willing to uh reach lend out that hand to actually get that help so yeah um and it's awesome to have you guys in the space as well so we're excited to kind of uh take a deep dive into what you guys are doing and find out a little bit more um, but just before we do go into uh, Ebox a little bit more, um, I'd like to dig into your history a little bit, Paul. So um, could you kind of tell us about uh, who you are, where you're from, what you do, and maybe like um, your journey into crypto and where, where you are today? All right, straight ahead. Um, you know, usually I have this thing with not speaking too much, but you know, like I have much to say and I speak very fast. So it can be kind of sometimes, but I guess now is the time for that. I hope everyone has time and I don't know, like cold drink or something and is chilling somewhere relaxed. So let yeah, me just man, go, go for it. 
Um, basically, so yeah, my name is Paul. I'm 34 years old at the moment. Uh, I was initially born in Romania in 89. So basically, I'm like one of the last living remnants of communism or something. No, not like that. My parents are both still to everyone else from that time. But, you know, basically that. So I'm from Romania and I moved to Austria when I was a little kid. So yeah, basically that. I grew up pretty much all my life in Austria. And this is where I met Lucas. Um, at first, we were three. Like it was me and two Lucases. Um, funny story, we kind of all met in the same way. So this is how ebook started. Uh, we met at school and we were like 16 years old. And since then, we've been like basically the kind of, you know, like best friends for life thing. And basically, Lucas, Lucas and like one or two other guys, it's like my core, you know, friends that I, that I have in this life. And um, at first, when we, I mean, I'm just going ahead a little now. At first, when we started the whole thing, you know, like there's always this thought, uh, business and friendship, how, is that a good thing or not? You know, like, should you keep business and friendship separated or, or just put it together in one part? And usually you would say that's something that maybe doesn't work out so well, but seeing how we have this total base of mutual trust, like we'd literally put each other's lives in each other's hands. And I couldn't say that about like any other person except for maybe two or three people. And um, this really makes for a very, very powerful symbiosis. Um, so that's basically that. And now let me just get back to the whole thing. Um, personally, I have been... I've always been into computer stuff. Like I had a computer when I was five years old, basically 1994 or something, um, at a time when nobody had computers, but we're absolutely not rich or something. Like we were pretty poor when we came from Romania to Austria. Um, and um, it was just that like, I never had a TV or something like Nintendo console, but I had this computer since I was five because my dad, someone was enthusiastic about it. And then from, you know, like I kind of got passionate about the whole thing. I, I got very interested in it and kind of tried all the things that you can do. And I was always this, um, I don't like, I'm just experimenting, innovative inventor kind of person. Like ever since I was a kid, um, I always like, I started taking things apart, like electronics and stuff like that. And, and usually it was just, you know, take it apart and does that. And then that gets angry and that's that. But at some point as I grew older, I actually learned to put things back, uh, but they didn't work. And then as I grew even older, I learned to put things back and they worked and I started improving upon and stuff like that. So basically all my life. I've been tinkering with stuff, uh, general science stuff. Like, for example, I like working on motorcycle engines and stuff. I taught this myself, so I can never have to get any course for that. I learned, uh, like, I've been programming since I was, like, 12 or something. And what I liked most about it, when I was, like, 14 or something, I played the game Diablo 2, if anybody knows that. So, okay, memories. And um, with this, I actually got into C and assembly. Because um, I, you know, like, how it's always like when you're, like, a kid and playing some game, and then you hear, wow, there's hacks. You can have map hack. You can have, I don't know, like, more items or whatever. Of course, like this, this is major trigger point. Because when you hear this, it's like all your child, teenager heart blossoms, and you're full of what? What is this? You know, like you get thrilled in a way that almost nothing else can thrill you somehow. And from this, I just started. You know, like I just went to the scene assembler and started writing my own, basically online game hacks. Uh, went into reverse engineering, uh, things like that. Like basically, um, not hacking, but kind of the cracking thing. Like basically, hacking is when you break into a system online, and cracking is when you break something that's locally online. Basically, the kind of thing like key generators, cracking, that kind of stuff, but also basically just reverse engineering. If something's not working, you can fix the shit out of everything, basically, like on a very, very low system level. And this is pretty much like my general attitude on everything. Like, I, I don't, and Lucas is the same. I'm, I'm sorry that he cannot say it for himself right now. We both, and I think that's something that connects us very much as people and as friends. We both have this attitude, like, you know, like for me, it's not uncommon, but I realized after some time, you know, like growing, maturing, that. Apparently, this is kind of a unique thing. I always thought everybody's like that, but it seems like it's not. We just look at things, and things are not the way for us than how it seems to be for most people. Like, we see something, and for most people, it's, oh, it's like that. You can take it, you can use it, like that, and maybe somebody else will improve it, but that's the state of things. And we always look at things in a way that 
yeah, things are the way they are now, but you always have this, uh, let's say, plethora of perspectives where they could be, where how things could be different, how everything could unfold in so much more, you know, pleasant, humane way for everyone involved. Regarding what the fuck ever, technical stuff, interhuman things, doesn't matter. And basically, it's this this leading attitude that I had for myself all my life. Lucas had for himself all his life, and we're both kind of like problem-solving experts in different domains, something like that. And then we teamed up in this thing, and that kind of found the essence of what Ebox is actually like. Uh, I, at some point, like we had this sentence about um, how we make like Ebox is a provider of innovative crypto solutions and everything, and that, that's pretty much it. Like we look at things differently, and sometimes when you do this, it's so easy to find just a little something that you can polish, that you can clear, that you can you know like smooth out. That makes a huge difference, and yeah. So all of this basically comes from from this attitude of lifelong tinkering, learning, teaching ourselves things, and that's basically it. So it's more or less that will be my personal history. I think. Okay, nice, mate. Nice. It sounds like you're up to a lot. So, like, in terms of like, how did you then come about, come across crypto, and then how long ago was that? How did your <laughs> then journey throughout the crypto space look? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's it's kind of a um, my answer is not is probably going to be the most untypical thing to say for a crypto person to crypto people. Um, <laughs> I, I started off as basically in 2016 or 17 when the whole thing started going boom. Uh, Lucas, like this Lucas and the other Lucas who also founded Ebox with us, but is not part of it anymore. Um, they were totally all into crypto, you know, like Ethereum, Bitcoin, that stuff just started coming up. They did their invested in their first ICOs and all the stuff that came with the first. And um, for me, I don't know, like, I was always somehow on a sentimental level opposing the whole, let's say, overly capitalist money system. In a way that, you know, like this whole thing, people just chasing money, stuff like that. Everything's just about money, not about the real value of things. Uh, as I grew older, though, I kind of realized that, yeah, it's just in people's heads. The money itself is not the problem. Capitalism is not the problem. It's just that if, you make, if you're a greedy asshole, you will put that on people coming. And um, kind of like, oh, I totally lost it now. Why did I say this? Um... Can you just repeat the question? Sorry. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's so good. So basically, it was just like um, how you got into crypto how you, or how you came across huh, yeah. it. And then basically, what was your journey like throughout? Uh, yeah, that, I got yeah. it. I got it. That's <laughs> sweet. Thanks. Um, and that's also a me thing. Like, I, I'm overly coherent in most of the things that I do. And just sometimes I lose track from one moment to the other. It just sometimes happens. So thanks for that. Um, yeah, basically, this, I was kind of like always opposing these things. I was never interested in financial stuff myself. I don't know, like, you know, Investing stocks for me the people who are interested in this world have no real interest in life. Things that passionate you, you know, like do you feel with your brain or do you feel with your heart? What is it? Are you human? But um, I started to understand that it's not like that. But coming from this attitude, I was first really opposed to crypto. Like for me, it was like you already have this very abstract money system. Everything is abstract. Nothing is down to earth with money already. So why would you add another abstraction layer to it? Why would you make it even more abstract? You no, know, like. Kind of like that, because crypto for me looked like an even more abstraction to something that was already too abstract somehow. Looking back, I realized that I was wrong, obviously, because now I'm here. Uh, and throughout this journey, I learned to appreciate the um, things that actually make crypto unique. And for me, it's this decentralized aspect, because at first I saw, I saw just this, you know, like this aping thing, you know, like people investing in shit that has zero value, you know, like people buying NFTs when it's not even an image on the blockchain, it's just an image on a web server, stuff like that. I didn't really understand that. Like it was people investing to stuff just because others invested it. So basically you're profiting from the pump of somebody else believing in nothing too. And this is something that I still oppose very strongly. But I realized through my journey in crypto 
that it's not just that. Like with the thing with capitalism, money does make you an asshole. Your character does, and it's your choice. And same thing with crypto. Uh, you can do whatever you want with it. And of course, when there's much money to be made, there will be people, you know, like following, let's say, lower ideals or no ideals at all um, in this. But that's not the essence of it. For me, what, what crypto means after this, I have yeah, no, um, how long have we been doing it? I think like three years or something. After this, like three years in journey, like I was zero in crypto, I didn't invest. And then from one moment to the other, Lucas came to me and described this problem. And he knew that basically I can code pretty much everything if I want. And he's like, hey, oh, Paul, can you can you code this? And said something about Ethereum. And directly was Ethereum, it's, it's that blockchain. No, fuck off with that. I don't touch this stuff. I don't like this. Not because of the blockchain, but you know, like because of the whole thing around it. And um, but then I looked at it because always when Lucas comes to me with ideas, it's very good. It's something unique and creative. And so I was like, okay, let's go into this. Maybe we can do something with that. And so basically from Lucas sending some money to the wrong address, the whole idea of eBooks was born. And he was like, hey, can we do an escrow service? You know, there's like smart contracts. I was like, what is it? I'm going to read about it. So I learned all about smart contracts. And then basically from I don't know, like one month to the other, or like one month to the next two months or something, I came up with this thing. And, and together with Lucas, like forming the ideas together and then I coded the thing. Uh, we came up with this escrow service, which basically allows you to reverse transactions and do OTC trading through a smart contract. And um, all of this thing basically for me means that I learned from this that there are so many things that you can do in crypto aside from the things that you just see when you first touch it, aside from the superficial stuff. The actual deep meaning of crypto for me is this decentralized aspect. It gives power to the people. It takes power away from centralized instances, which shouldn't have it, in my opinion. And I think in everyone's opinion, who kind of like, you know, like has a clear mind and the right heart in the right place somehow. Um, sometimes it's good to have centralized instances, but many times you don't need to. And the way that crypto is going, um, I think it can have huge potential to, let's say, leverage humanity as a whole. And I mean it. I mean, it's a big thing to say, but I really mean it. Not, not Evox, of course. I mean, we're not going to like, we're not going to be the next Nelson Mandela. Maybe yes, but I'm not expecting that. But um, all of crypto can set the world free in a way that is unprecedented. This whole decentralized thing is, is we've never had anything like that before. It's like the power of the internet from 20 years before supercharged um, to the next, next level with us. So now after three years in crypto, I can say, um, I highly appreciate being in this. And this is absolutely one of the most valuable endeavors that you can probably pursue on a technical level. Yeah, man, for sure. Totally agree with that. That very good point you made there. Um, I was actually just going to ask you about um, if you could give us like a, a thirty second intro into Ebox, but you pretty much did that. Um, but would you also um, you also wanted to speak about Meadowlands? Um, could you also kind of give us like uh, an intro into that, but also kind of like how it uh, how it's incorporated into Ebox as well and your your service as a whole. Of course. Um, so yeah, basically we're here to, initially we started as Ebox and did our things, what was the first OTC, like the escrow service and the OTC service thing in one. We did some other things too with that, like you can check it out on the Ebox side if you want, like for example, last things with the liquidity locker, we developed some unique staking for ourselves, etc. Like if you look at our things, you will see this. Um, we care about, the, um, how do you say, like there's got to be some spark of, not uniqueness, we don't mean to be special just for the sake of it, but you know, there's the spark of when you change some stuff and make an impact, we want this spark in everything we do. And um, the whole Ebox development, like how it unfolded was kind of linear. Somehow, like, you know, we got into this thing, we had some ideas and upon these ideas, we formed some other ideas. And looking at this, the whole Meadowland thing came in seemingly randomly, but not, not so random, basically. Um, the other Lucas that I mentioned before, who is not now not part of the team anymore, but still my one of my best friends and also Lucas's best friends. They were like this circle of three guys. 
Um, he was always aware of Julian Hosp since I think 2017. He's always been following his stuff that he does, checking his videos, uh, reading his Twitter and stuff like that. He's always been very active in this kind of things. And um, of course, the other Lucas, like my Lucas, the, the now Lucas, um, he kind of like, you know, he got to know about these things. He was it started interesting, but he started being interested about it uh, too. And we were kind of like, personally, myself, not so much, but from their side, basically from the team, they're like the what goes on in crypto experts and I'm the technical guy. Um, they always were aware of this, but we didn't like have any interaction with that. But we knew about the decent, the, the thing that, that uh, Hosp is following with DeFi chain. Of course, this is something that's exactly along the lines of what we are doing. DeFi chain is, as the name states, DeFi and it's not just the name. When you look at it directly, you can see it follows this ideal of decentralizing finance and it's doing really fucking well at that, by what we've seen so far. And um, we followed the same ideal. And from this, basically, when we realized and read about the DeFi meta chain release, for us, it was clear that this is something that we have to look at, especially seeing how we are German speaking, like all of us are more or less like from Austria and we all speak German as a native language. So uh, this was kind of like an, a totally obvious thing to do. Like, hey, we want to be part of the community. We want to go there. We want to see what possibilities we have, what we can explore there, how we can do something mutually beneficial. Um, of course, it was directly clear to us that the OTC thing that we have and the safe sending and maybe some other stuff from our product portfolio could be very useful here. And thanks to everybody who's received it so positively. Like, thank you so much. Every time when I read something on Twitter about people appreciating, like, for example, Mark76 posted it on Twitter that he tested it and liked it so much. My heart shone with light when I saw that. Thank you so much for that. And uh, it's nice to see your things appreciated in a proper way. Like, you know, if you could give food to somebody who's not hungry, yeah, okay, well, okay, he's happy, but doesn't matter. If you give food to a hungry person who actually needs and wants exactly that, you can see the, the light in this person's eyes. You're like, okay, you did something right. And that's kind of how we feel about the ebook services and ebooks stuff ideal being received here. And looking at this, like I said, the MetaLand thing was kind of randomish, but we wanted to do something that makes sense here. And um, what more, like what could fit better with a DeFi specified, like a specialized ecosystem than something like that? Like boring lending is a staple in crypto. And we think it's something that should be part of every crypto ecosystem, especially seeing how DeFi MetaChain is just gonna roll, like roll out and we, we want and will be part of it from the beginning. So that, that marks like a very special point for us, so to speak. Um, and yeah, looking at this, we came up with the idea of liquidity. Um, we basically look at the Lucas, our crypto experts knew it for, for, for a while, weren't so much into it, but they were aware of it. We knew that it was some, it was like bulletproof proven on Ethereum, et cetera, but we didn't look into it, so to speak. And then reflecting upon this, yeah, we came up with the idea of liquidity. And um, first it was like, yeah, okay, it's a fork. Isn't that a little bit uncreative and everything? But I think everybody who looks at our ebooks product portfolio will see that we are not the kind of copy-paste guys. And we just saw the opportunity that this is something that could be very profitable to everybody in this ecosystem, something that you should have, something that you need. And also, I think probably you've already read it. Um, we have this partnership with Vanilla Swap. Hello, shout out to you guys. <laughs> Uh, we're again mutually mutually beneficent. Um, I don't know if like if you if you've seen it. Basically, what you can do with the lending thing is um, leverage and long against the collateral, which in our case is going to be TFI for the start. And you can do the leverage using the decks. So basically, sorry for going ahead again. I hope this is making sense so far. Um, from us, from Netherlands, you can. Borrow, you, have, you can borrow money, but with the collateral. So basically, if you just keep the money and don't give it back, it's not like you're losing anything. You just lose the collateral, but you still have the money. Now, if you take this money and swap it, take it to a DEX, like vanilla swap, 
and swap it, swap it back to DFI, you can put those DFI back into the lending platform again and loop the whole thing. And from this, you can get leverage. Um, so there's very powerful potential for how this thing can be used and unfold in a DeFi ecosystem. And looking at this, uh, it was kind of clear to us that, I mean, it's probably not going to be the last thing that we're doing. So we're open to forking other things, inventing other, and of course, inventing other things that were never off the table. But the whole forking thing was little new for us and seeing how well it's received and how, how useful this can be. Um, yeah, so that's it. And um, there's a lot of different strategies how you can use Meadowland, and we will be publishing that, uh, publishing that in future blog posts. Personally, not being an investor, I'm not so versed with this, but Lucas is really, really good with this stuff, and yeah, we will give a good overview of the crazy stuff you can do with lending, actually, much more than just lending. Thanks so much for that that, uh, that overview of it. I think it, it gave everyone here a much clearer idea, and honestly, it, is, it sounds very exciting. I, I can't wait to actually use it on, on mainnet. Uh, maybe for for everyone here, right? Just uh, taking a step backwards. So you know, we we've thrown around this like about like escrow services, and we've mentioned that a lot. Do you wanna do you wanna give everyone here like a quick explainer of like what exactly is an escrow service? Yeah, of course. And thank you for the thing what you just said. I didn't know there was like some commotion on DeFi MetaChain or DeFi Chain before we came here. Uh, so there were actually. Like people speaking about escrow service and stuff like that, was this like a recurring topic in the community? To be honest, we we have had uh, a couple of people uh, mention it, and I I do know that that is a question even in the Discord. I've I've seen it come up, so I think it would be very useful for for people here to get a better idea of how it mm -hmm. works. Yeah, of course, of course, I will answer it anyways. No worries. I was just you know like for our personal you know like reflecting where we stand and what what kind of resources and ecosystem we have around us. This is a new information and this kind of stuff is very helpful. So thank you for that. Um, about the Ebox escrow, basically an escrow service is um, a basic financial tool, so to speak. You can have escrow services in German. It's Treuhand, if that makes more sense. Like for me, I, I was like, what the fuck is escrow? Like Treuhand, okay. I mean, it's kind of a weird word too, but when you're German and you know this, it kind of makes sense. I don't know. Um, Basically, the idea of an escrow service is like in, in the real world that you have um, a third party which basically acts as the safeguard for a trade between two people. So kind of like in a real world example, um, you have a car, I have money, I want to buy the car from you. Okay. Now, let's say somehow for some reason, I cannot guarantee that I can, like, I'm going to give you the money and then I have the keys in my hand. Maybe let's just say I'm going to give you the money first and you give me the car tomorrow. Okay, cool. If you're my friend or a person that I know or somebody that I can trust or I live in a proper state with you know police and, and stuff like that um basically that kind of stuff that works i can just call police and they will come and say to you hey this is not okay give the guy a car or you, you will be punished or whatever but if you don't have all of this like it is in crypto if you have no guarantee that anybody will do anything and nobody can save your ass if, it, if anything has gone if anything has gone wrong um then this kind of stuff can become very important so in the real life example the escrow would be let's say a third person who is very trustable like for example I don't know, like could be a company I give the money to this person, you give the car to this person, and then this guy says, okay, I have all the stuff. Now the other guy gets the car and the other guy gets the money and everything is safe because we trust that person. Still, however, in real in the real world, you have to trust somebody, unlike in crypto where you don't have to. And here is where the Evox on-chain escrow enters because it's the same thing like in real life, but it makes so much more sense because of the trustless nature of um, the blockchain. Basically, it works like this. Our escrow is a simple smart contract where instead this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com visit to download your spaces today sending funds directly from a to b you send it through the smart contract so basically you go to this app you enter the address of the recipient where you want to send your funds you enter how much you want to send 
and that's it. Now you send it. You can also enter a passphrase, but technically that's irrelevant. That's just for extra safety. Um, now the funds get deposited in the smart contract. At this point, you don't have it anymore. However, as the sender, we give you the possibility to always cancel it because why not, of course, makes sense. Um, but basically the funds are inside the smart contract. The smart contract is an immutable thing. It cannot change. It's exactly the way it was coded. The code is written on the blockchain and nobody can change that. Unless, of course, the code was made in a way that it allows you to change it. But we didn't do that. You can look at the code and you can see that it's just this. There is no way to change the code after it's been deployed. That's a very important thing about smart contracts. Now, the recipient goes to the smart contract and sees that somebody has sent him some money um, with the correct passphrase and the correct recipient address. That's something. Like in, in real world, you would have to be like, let's say we do the escrow thing. You want to sell your car, I want to buy it. Um, the guy doesn't know what you look like. So maybe you could just send anybody there and he could do the business for you and maybe do some scammy shit. Uh, on the blockchain, it's not like that. You have your wallet address. That's a totally unique thing. And when I code into the smart contract, if wallet address equals the correct wallet address, then give the money. This is set in stone. There will be no diff nothing else happening other than this. So basically, when I send, I send somebody money, the guy comes to pick it up. And only with the correct address, the smart contract will actually hand out the money to you. You can do whatever you want. You can, I don't know, stand on your head, turn up, turn around all the universe, bring down the blockchain, doesn't matter. The smart contract will not hand out any funds unless you are the correct recipient. So basically by this, it's guaranteed there is a total intact working escrow service between two parties. And instead of sending money directly from A to B, you can send it over the escrow service. You can take it back anytime if you, if you made a mistake or something, send too much, too little, send it to the wrong address, which is what happened to Lucas and why we did this in the first place. Um, or whatever, you can just cancel it. And the respect can just pick it up there. Of course, it's an extra step. You have to pay transaction fees. At first, on Ethereum at the time when transaction fees were like, I don't know, $30, $50 or something crazy like that. Uh, this seemed a little unpractical at a point, but now the transaction fees have gone down vastly and there's so many chains that basically practically don't have transaction fees at all. Um, the only thing that, you know, like it's just more complicated by one extra step. So if you're just doing like, I don't know, $10, probably it's irrelevant. But for those people doing like serious transactions or just, you know, like extra cautious about their funds, uh, this is absolutely a thing to do. Uh, we're also thinking about developing um, you know, like a browser wallet, kind of like MetaMask, but with eBox integrated, where when you send it, you can just check a box, which is kind of like automatically checked to just use the escrow. But this is this is a future thing. We would like to do this in the future to like lower the barrier for people to enter. Yeah, but basically that's that. With the escrow service, you can be sure that the one receiving your money is actually the one you mean and not somebody else. Okay, that's super interesting. Just out of curiosity, with the escrow service, but is there like any particular like holding period time where like um, when a transaction is going through that it if it's not been accepted or if it's nah, zero vote? Okay, zero. So as, as soon as it's on the blockchain, it's inside the escrow, and only the correct recipient, also with the correct passphrase, but like I said, that's optional, uh, can actually retrieve the funds. So as soon as the trans transaction has been confirmed on the blockchain, it's also live in the escrow and can be cancelled or retrieved by the correct recipient. Okay, and then just uh, say, like, for example, if it's not been um, accepted by someone and it's just kind of being held, is there a specific, like, holding period for that time if it if there's not been no interaction with the transaction? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it makes sense, but just from a, like, let, let's say, layman's perspective, from a coder's perspective, it does not, and let me explain. Because something that probably, I'm not sure about that, for me it's become everyday thing, but probably this is not so much common knowledge. Uh, smart contracts cannot do anything from themselves, never. A smart contract can never start an interaction. Smart contract only reacts. 
It has the set of functions which are coded into it, and then you can execute a function, and this does some stuff. But the smart contract can never do stuff from itself. So basically, the funds, I mean, we could have a server that kind of sends you back the money at some point. That, that's something you can add on top of that. But the way we did it, it's just going to stay there forever until the end of the blockchain, which hopefully is going to be never. And that's that. And you can just take back your money at any time or whatever, leave it there and wait for the guy to pick it up. Okay. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, this should be interesting. So then how did you guys kind of come up with this idea? <laughs> um yeah, well, um, I, I, I said it before, like, I think just uh, shortly a few times, basically Lucas, when he started doing the, all the crypto stuff, and it was kind of new to him too, but like back in, I don't know, 2016, 17, and then later in 2018, but still he was not so versed like like now. Um, it happened, I think, two or three times that he actually missent a transaction to an old wallet of his, which he didn't have the password for anymore. And after kind of like losing phone data, laptop data, like reformatting and stuff like that for a few times, some wallets were gone. And he was kind of you know, like under the impression he had it in some list and sent it to this wallet, assuming that this is one of his wallets that he still has access to, but then he kind of realized that he doesn't. And then a not so insignificant sum, like four digits, was just gone, poof. That's how it is when you send stuff into the blockchain and nobody's at the other end. And um, he explained to me at the point when we came up with the idea that, that this is a very common thing in a blockchain, obviously. At this point, I was not aware. Now it, it's clear. Um, and yeah, so... That was that basically Lucas missed a transaction and then I developed the escrow service. <laughs> Some of the best ideas are brought up about from the worst pain, right? <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. That that's always the way a fantastic idea starts. So hey, at least you guys are on the right path. That's the thing, you know, like when, when I said about the we look at things differently thing that I said before, I meant exactly this, you know, like others just lose money and that's that and they just you know like i'm gonna be safer in the future i'm just gonna be extra careful i'm not gonna use crypto i don't know what uh and this is like the cause of millions being lost it's not like this is an individual phenomenon and lucas is the only fool who lost money in this world this happens like on a day-to-day basis and there's also been like i read about it at some point like i don't know some big i don't know if it was an exchange or something but like 10 or 100 millions or something like that it just poofed into the blockchain goodbye um so yeah and basically looking at these things others just accept it we don't and it's actually you know, like coming up with an escrow service somewhat to us seems such a straightforward thing. And until the moment when we did our initial ICO with DuckDAO uh, and raised some funds for eBox back in 2021, I think, yeah, 2021. Um, at this point, we're still not sure if anybody's going to be into this. Like Lucas, of course, for him, it was a genius idea. From my perspective, not having been into crypto so much at this point, I was like, yeah, if what you say makes sense, it's a genius idea. But I cannot judge for myself because I'm not into crypto. So we we're kind of not sure like, if this whole thing makes sense or not. But until now, we haven't really, you know, like, it doesn't seem to be such a common thing. So we're like this. Apparently, it's so obvious, but nobody else thought about that. Or it's not much of a common thing. I think, I think it's probably because of the nature of crypto to be fair because like i'm one of the idiots who would prefer something like this where like you know i've I've sent transactions to the wrong wallets numerous times and i hate dealing with the long addresses that you have to send to so you know if there's a backup service that i could potentially utilize where like it stops me from sending it to the wrong wallet then that is in my book a good thing as a as a bit of a, a crypto layman um and like I think generally, um, if you think about a wider adoption, like in the future, mm-hmm. if you if we want people to like who are people like myself and maybe less familiar with crypto, if we want want them to use it, it needs to be more user friendly. And you know, it's kind of similar to the banks where like they can 
reverse the transaction. I know obviously it kind of goes a bit against the nature of crypto in general, but if we want wider adoption, it needs to have, um, we need, we basically need like similar, simpler options um, that are less scary than being <laughs> mistakenly sending hundreds of, or to thousands of whatever your currency is to a wrong wallet. So I think you're onto something there. Liam, hmm. thanks, but that was beautiful. Liam, if it's, if it's too confusing, right? You can just send the, the your funds to my wallet first. No worries, uh, I can help you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mate, I still send it to the wrong wallet, so I won't hey, count. If if we would have known this, we would have just done the Veer escrow service, like you just keep one percent and you're escrow now. But I, I'm happy that we didn't know this before; otherwise, we wouldn't be here now. Hey, that can be the, and, um... the next part of the roadmap. You never know. <laughs> 2024 2024 release as ebooks now like about the user friendliness totally and um we like this is something we've been having on our roadmap for a while but it's kind of a big step we totally want to have like some kind of browser wallet or something so that you can just use it like metamask ideally of course but this is kind of like you know like kind of pipe dream or something having ebooks integrated to the metamask that would be beautiful but just have some kind of wallet where you can just send things directly through ebooks or maybe even an extension, an e-box extension or something. Just, you know, like lower the barrier for entrance and make it as usable as possible for everyone because we were really convinced that this is something that can make this And um, on a totally different note, something that kind of went missing along the lines here is um, we extended, like this is something cool that Lucas came up with and then we tested it and it worked directly, of course, when we developed the escrow service. It's not just one way. So the initial idea was just keeping people from being able to, you know, like fuck up their funds by sending too much, too little to the wrong address or something like that. Um, you can also request funds. That was a pretty obvious thing once we developed it. So basically I can just say, hey, please send me this and that. And I could just send you an, a request. And once you fill it out, you, I will get these funds from you. Um, that's cool, but not so special because you could just send it to me. Why should I request it? However, when you combine the requesting with the sending, you have a two-way transaction through the escrow. And um, this makes for DeFi OTC trading. And this is by, by what I've seen is like the feature from our, of our escrow service that the people in the community of, of DeFi chain are most interested in. Basically, you can use the eBox escrow service as a 100% smart contract DeFi OTC service. This means nothing can go wrong. There is no third party. There is nobody you need to trust. It's just a blockchain. If you can trust the blockchain, I think everybody can by the nature of it. Um, you can trust this. It's a smart contract. It's audited by Certi Foundation. You can read the source code on Etherscan, etc. And basically, that's that. You can do OTC trades without any third party. You don't need to trust anybody. It's not like, hey, I'm going to send you the funds, but please, man, don't fuck me. Okay, I trust you. Yeah, okay, you're my friend, right? Nothing of this. Just put it in ebox, and if the guy is all right with it, has the funds and the correct address, the trade will execute, and that's that. That's actually pretty cool, and, and I fully agree with you because, again, end of the day, if it's on the blockchain, it's, it, there's no gray area there, right? It, it assures people, exactly. especially in... Like even just me as a user, it would it would make my life so much easier because I wouldn't have to worry about trusting a person. And yeah, that, that like doing OTC trades would be very interesting. And speaking off, right? Like maybe even just taking a little bit of a step back. You you even mentioned like you know when you guys were even thinking about like eBox in general, you know you were initially thinking mm -hmm. about how many people would actually use eBox. And do you want to touch upon a little bit about like, you know, maybe what are the, some of the big challenges that you're facing while building eBox and also any of the challenges that you think are going to come up in the future once it, it's launched on mainnet? 
Yes, of course. That's a lovely question. Thank you for that. Um, I just want to add one little thing to the ask to the uh, OTC thing, what I said before, and then I'm going to go into that. Um, at the moment, you can do OTC through the eBox escrow on our website. And we have, like, like I said, we hope to be having some um, browser extension or something in the future. But something that we will actually have very realistically in the near future is an extension of this where you can have basically an OTC market platform. Because at the moment, you can just send stuff from address A to address B. But that's it. You cannot send something from address A to everyone. Everyone who is open to do the trade can participate. This is not possible in version 1. We already have the version 2 of the escrow, alpha version. It's live. Just not on DMC testnet. We will bring it there shortly so you guys can check it out. Um, it has this feature integrated. So basically, there is this new OTC market feature where you can send something to an undefined, let's say, audience, basically. So you can just do the whole thing, like send funds, request funds. So you have the OTC trade in the smart contract, but you're not requesting funds from a particular address. You're just requesting funds from anybody who is willing to do the trade. So you can have, we're going to do a like, um, platform website, totally simple for testing at first. Um, especially for people on DMC, because we saw how well-received the whole OTC thing is. We had this on our roadmap for a while, but I'm going to rush the whole thing and just code it so you can, people can try it out. Um, basically, imagine a platform where you can just do OTC trades and people can just, you know, like, like on eBay or something, put up their trades that they're willing to do, but it goes over smart contract. That's that. So that's like the turbocharged version of the person-to-person -person escrow. It will be person-to-general public. That, that's something we have coming up with. Um, okay, and about the thing with basically what challenges we faced, how um, how the whole evolution took place and everything. Starting from, you know, like the first step with everything, when I was not into crypto and Lucas had no idea of the whole coding thing and we kind of learned from each other so much, like it is not a coding or something, but um, yeah, basically after before we started learning from each other so much. I can't, honestly, um, I don't know how to, I hope this is not weird when I say it like that, but we, from our mindset, who we are as people, like I said before, look at me, like we look at things and we see solutions, not problems somehow. We see situations, not problems, and then solutions. From this mindset somehow, and honest, I, I really, I would like to give a more, I don't say socially agreeable, normal answer, but this is just weird us in, I think, hopefully pleasant way. And uh, there, I would, I don't know, like challenges in a way that stuff that can break your, like break the project and you're like, fuck, it's not going to work out. We have to quit. We never had anything like that there's something that doesn't work out, we fix it in some way or another, and, and usually for the better. Um, a good example is like, we wanted to do staking. It was at the very beginning of our whole thing. And it was like this thing that Lucas said to me, yo, crypto projects need staking. Like, what is staking? He said, staking basically, I could put money on the bank and you get uh, interest. Ah, okay, so that I understand. Um, and then we wanted to do a staking smart contract. Like it was commonplace thing to do in crypto. Basically, when you stake your tokens, you put them into the smart contract, you lock it, and it just stays there for a fixed period of time after which you can claim it back. And um, then we came up with this idea, basically. Um, we wanted to do the contract, but we were late. We wanted to have the staking up in other like some days. We already announced it, but we knew that the contract audit would take some while. And we just, we, um, we cannot just, you know, like have the audit in three days or whatever. So we tried to come up with a different solution. And from this, we created the eBox in-wallet staking, which basically is um, an off-chain solution, which monitors your wallet and has the same consequence as locking your tokens on a smart contract. As long as you have the tokens in the wallet, you get rewards. When you move your tokens, you stop getting rewards. End of story. When you can move it at any time, it's more comfortable for the user, little less practical for the company. But we thought in the end that this is like the best thing to do there. And basically from a kind of fucked up situation, we actually came up with a very unique thing. So um, we had like, in a typical way, like we had many challenges, but none of them were like problems or something. It was just, you know, like things on our daily to-do list basically. 
basic stuff like you know establishing yourself in the community, about finding out about new things learning about new technology learning for example when we started interacting with chainlink and stuff like we implemented chainlink oracles into version two of our escrow uh stuff like that all of these were like you could say challenges but i think every from my perspective i can see it everyone who develops or is a developer can relate you don't have challenges you just have an undefined amount of time you need to search on the internet until you find a solution or think about it and you just do it until you're finished so for me it's like that there are no challenges if you really mean it somehow i i, I love that answer like it it, it makes so much sense in <laughs> really thank you it, because it, it does sum it up perfectly it's like like you know when you build a product there's going to be so many challenges that you face but it's all about not the challenge itself but like how can you actually take it further, right? And I, I really love the the approach that you guys took, even for the staking problem. It could have been something that, you know, you could have spent so much time worrying about and wondering how to find a solution. But instead, you it actually helped you guys come up with something even like even more, I, wouldn't, I would say like totally different, which is even another angle, which makes eBox like another interesting product out there. So I really love the mentality that you guys have when when building things. Speaking, speaking of like, you know, you like, just the different things that Evox has to offer. I, I I know you even mentioned about like, you know, like even like the browser wallet in the future. I, I think, you know, everyone here would really love to hear what are like some of the future plans for Evox? What does what the roadmap look like? If if you're willing to share anything with us. Of course, I'd love to. That's why we're here. Okay. Um, honestly, our roadmap is a little, has become a little undefined in the last time, basically coming up to Meadowland. Um, we don't exactly have a, we kind of stopped having this, you know, like at the beginning um, of Epox, basically, we had this, you know, very strict idea of how you have to be you know, like when you're a company, like kind of like the real world equivalent of you would have to wear a suit and shit like that. So basically, you have a crypto project, you must have staking, you must have a roadmap. And if it's if it's your late one month, people are like, hey, what is it? Why, how are you late? Why is it that like that? But again, everybody who develops stuff and builds stuff knows that you can do what you want, but it's finished when it's finished, not when it says in the roadmap it's going to be finished. And of course, you can put effort into that, into, you know, like bringing out a light version or doing less and then finishing it or something like that. But basically that. And um, the things, the general idea of things that we have upcoming for Epox, um, we are going to polish the escrow service. We're going to bring version two ready of the escrow service and bring it live. Um, version two includes NFT support, 721 and 1155, like you're um, and this, of course, works on any other chain too. So this works on any VM chain because, you know, like I've seen that you have, for example, ERC20 on Ethereum and BEP20 on Binance Smart Chain. FYI, there's no difference in that. It's the same. Um, so basically, this thing will work on, on, on every EVM chain. Like I said, NFT support. You can have the OTC trading feature uh, with the OTC markets. So you can trade with all the world. Basically, just put in your trade and, and give it to everybody. Um, there's going to be a widget for that. So there's something that we're really looking forward to that. We're going to make a specialized OTC NFT widget. Um, or just OTC widget, but we're looking at NFTs with this. Uh, basically, imagine like a really small thing, like I don't know, like five centimeters by ten or something somewhere that you could place on any site, specifically NFT sites, where people can showcase their NFTs, whatever, and you could directly buy this from them over this OTC service. No OpenSea, no nothing, no fees, just a little ebooks fee that's there, but it's basically minuscule. Um, and that's that. So we're looking on this. We're looking at creating this OTC widget where, with a very simple inter interface, just one button or one edit, uh, text edit box and uh, one button, you can just do OTC trading with some NFT that is there for sale or something. So that's going to be a, a nice way to like we're looking to promote and and first um, establish our escrow uh, service with this. Um, aside from, I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff that we had 
you can check out our site. Like we have also this um, business branch. Basically, we it's actually finished. It's fucked up. It's actually finished, but we never found a place to place it, and we kind of dropped it. At some point, we developed this launchpad. Launchpad. Not joking. So basically, it's there was some uh, a smart contract platform which can be used for like pool groups, like investor groups, like DuckDAO, for example, to do all the pre-sales, like the project pre-sales, over this uh, in a way that you can. Uh, use the launchpad as a project to deploy like it's, you can use the launchpad launchpad to deploy a launchpad something like that it's basically a launchpad deployer for other projects to use and you can like for example if you like DAO or pools for example is like another group that i know i don't know so many of these so like maybe bad example sorry for that um basically this and the staking for example we already sold that in the past to another crypto project with just small nft thing but still we sold that and it, it worked very well and we are still so we are still selling our staking uh, that I just described before, we're still selling this to other projects. It's open, working. We're using it for ourselves and that. But basically, our main focus at the moment, ebox-wise, is uh, polishing, finalizing the escrow version two, bringing it live, uh, complementing it with the OTC NFT widget, which is a totally new thing, and probably the community doesn't know much about it yet. But uh, we'll be getting into this when the time is ripe for that. Um, most of all, right now, our first and foremost focus. Is Meadowland, of course, but I think that goes very well hand in hand with the Ebos OTC service, like escrow OTC, uh, because both of these are very interesting for DeFi MetaChain. And as we are going full focus into this right now, uh, we want to bring both uh, Ebox escrow OTC service and Meadowland here. So Meadowland is like next to uh, the escrow service; it's our biggest focus right now at the moment. And something that I'm not sure if I should say, but I'm just gonna go ahead and tease it a little. Uh, we have also something else in the very back of our pockets. Um, it's finished. We've been working it for a while behind the scenes. It has to do with AI, and that's all I'm going to say about it. When Meadowland is basically not over, but established, this is the next thing that we'll be doing. And all of it will interconnect with Ebox and Meadowland as a whole ecosystem. And we are extremely thankful, thankful to the DeFi chain community for making this possible for us. Because with Ebox and Meadowland, we are creating a stable basis um, to put this on top at some point later. We create this, you know, like this trium, whatever, this try thing of projects at the later point. But that's all I'm going to say about this now. I hope that's okay. And you can't just leave us hanging like that. You can't just drop that and then yeah, give I us got him, no context. <laughs> I have to, man. It's exactly the kind uh, of thing like Ebox. The idea is so fucking simple. Everybody who hears of it will do it before us. But it's the kind of thing that, you know, like, it's simple, but it's not the, 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 the execution that's complicated. It's the way of looking at things that make you like, hey, wait a second. Everybody does it like that. That's totally unpractical. Let's do it differently. But when you hear the idea, it's going to be so obvious that probably you're going to do it yourself. So I'm really afraid I cannot share this with you <laughs> anybody at the moment. Ah, man. Can't say, I'm dis- can't say that I'm not disappointed, but I can understand. So that's totally fine. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> now, you, now you, to be fair, that was a good uh, marketing tactic you did there. You just created a bunch of curiosity and mystery around that that everyone <laughs> now wants to know what it is. <laughs> so that was a pretty smart move. Um, awesome, sweet. Okay, uh, I just want to change tangents just a little bit because I want to open the floor just for anyone who does want to uh, ask any questions. So if you do want to ask, just to, as a reminder, either use the comments on the bottom right um, to drop a comment um, or just request to speak and I'll allow you to do that. Um, yeah, so then I guess you kind of alluded to it throughout the Sorry, I'll, do, I'll open that out after this question. Um, so you kind of alluded, alluded it to it throughout the throughout the conversation. But like, what's the team look like on uh, Ebox itself? Like, how is it kind of made up? How many people? 
um, what does each person do in terms of the roles, that type of thing. And also, like, plans to expand or anything like that that you might have. Um, if it's okay, I don't want to go into too much detail for this. Basically, it's yeah. Lucas and me. We're the two founders. We were three founders. Now it's two. Um, we have Fredo. It's a very, very talented developer, programmer, tinkerer like me who has joined us early on our journey and he's basically he's been in with us for a while then out and then in again and he's in with us basically on everything we're doing now uh we're looking to advance the whole thing and making freedom from developer to basically having a leading position cto kind of like thing taking my position and us advancing the whole thing and we have a few like plus minus five but again i don't want to go to details here people working in the background regarding marketing uh community management etc that kind of stuff and what we are absolutely looking for at the moment is to, like you said, expand and fortify our position. This is the most important thing for us. Like we want to expand our team um, and we really hope that, and like I said, fortify our position. And this only goes with expanding your team and up the tempo of the whole thing. Uh, at, you know, like if you develop with uh, two people, you can only get so much done. And we have a longer list of things to do and a greater vision of things that you want to realize than you can just do with, you know, like four hands and two brains. So... We're really looking to extend, expand. Anybody who's willing to help us on a voluntary basis, you're always welcome. Please join our community. We have a warm place, warm welcome, and hopefully some ebooks tokens for you too. Um, and aside from that, now we'll be looking how the whole thing with Metaland unfolds. And from this, from the you know like whole financial situation that will come with that, uh, we will definitely like one of the first things when um, you know like we achieve some funding from that, some in some way or another, uh, we will directly expand our team. So anybody who's open, interested, um, you know, this may be for you. That's very nice, yeah. I guess it always feels like you've got too much to do and never enough hands, right? Uh, excuse me? I said, I said, sorry, I said, um, I guess it always kind of feels like you've probably got a lot of things to do, but you never have enough uh, hands to do it with, right? You've got so, always so many ideas and stuff. Yeah, exactly like that. And the ideas never keep ceasing, you know, like since <laughs> we came onto the blockchain, like our to-do lists got longer and we just tried, you know, like at first that was, yeah, that was a good point. That was one of the challenges. That was an actual challenge. Um, kind of not losing track when your to-do list gets longer and still keeping focus on the main things and just reorganizing and re-prioritizing on the fly. Uh, this was an actual challenge. Like the other things were just, yeah, okay, how, we want the escrow service. How does it work? I don't know. I'm going to learn Solidity now. Okay, one month later, I know Solidity it works. Finish. That's not really a challenge. Um, but um, this thing was an actual challenge for us because in normal real life, but it's, I think it's not a crypto thing. It's more of a business thing. In normal real life, when you have your to-do list, what I want to do today? Go shopping, go walk with the dog. I don't know, go to the supermarket and change something that I that I bought, what I want to give them. I don't know, just meet some friends. I don't know, this stuff, or do some things, but not so much heavily, you know, like not everything that is on the list is relevant, highly impactful, and then crucial somehow. However, with the business thing, many things are crucial. Many things can be valuable inputs that you shouldn't just drop and throw away and you just started you know writing everything down and keeping lists and then organizing stuff and it got longer and longer and longer and at first we were under this impression that you know you can just get everything done you know like with real life normal checklist at the end of the day ideally you have nothing on your checklist with this ideally at the end of the day um you would have nothing on your checklist but at the end of the day the checklist is double at the end of the next day it's double again etc and at some point like this is how some like how we came to be transitioned from being three founders to two basically that at the end we believed that this was the best way to move the project forward jointly so we didn't take out the other because it was a three three-way decision that it's better to go on with two at this point or like somebody happened at that like half year or one year ago or something um that kind of like this gave us like this kind of like 
how to say it, it wasn't kind of like emotional kick in the balls, so to speak, like this whole thing that you kind of like started getting demotivated from this feeling that you do so much and you just do and do every day and every day, you know, like you answer to people that I'm calling and stuff like that. And still at the end of the day, you feel like you've, you've not even achieved something, but you actually underachieved, even if you actually achieved a lot of stuff, but you just look at the stuff that you haven't achieved. And we kind of learned to handle this along the way and just focus on the main things. Don't worry if the to-do list gets longer. It's good to have everything written down on paper or electronic paper for that matter. And just keep going. Sorry for the short, you know, like going in, but I just realized this was actually an interesting, you know, like challenge that maybe we shared. Yeah, no, man, I really appreciate you sharing that. That's really cool. Like, it's good, it's good to get that point of perspective for it. So, no, man, don't don't apologize at all. Um, but yeah, we get kind of getting close to the hour, so um, just want to remind everyone if you do want to ask anything, feel free to do so. Um, but I guess I got. Guess last kind of question for you, Paul, from me would be: um, so, where are the best places? That, where are the best places that people can go to to follow your project and any updates? What kind of channels or anything like that that you have that would be best to, for people to follow along? <laughs> Again, I can just say thank you for setting the stage for me so beautifully. Hold your beer or two, or even more. <laughs> um, we have Telegram, we have Twitter, and these are basically amounts of my social channels. Um, I'm going to post uh, the ebook socials um, and the comments after this Twitter space for everybody who's interested to join us. And um, yeah, basically that. So our main channels are Telegram and Twitter. We also have Medium blog posts. And we kind of try to keep things, you know, like short and concise. At some point, we had this impression that you've got to have all the social channels. We made Reddit, we made YouTube, blah, 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 but we didn't really use it. And it was kind of like, you know, it got over answering. But this is something we want to take up. Like when we're going to uprend ebooks and, you know, like, um, upscale the whole thing. We really want to, you know, feed into into YouTube, start making videos, stuff like that. Uh, have a you know more active Reddit, have more posts on Medium. But for the moment, where the most action is at, where we are at, like the founders are there. Um, it's basically um, Twitter and Telegram. That's very nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend following. I've been following for a while now, so I would definitely recommend people following um, the eBox accounts. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the hour mark. I'm not, I still just sort of question in the comments, but it was, I think it might just disappeared or something. Um, um, a totally random thing, just Lucas texted me about this again, my unfortunate friend and co-founder who couldn't be in the Twitter space today because of fucked up microphone Twitter issues. Um, totally random, but I'm just going to drop this at, you know, like at the last point. Um, we just released the Metal and Testnet on DeFi MetaChain uh, yesterday. I'm correct, my time feeling my you know, like my general sense of time is a little bit fucked up generally. Uh, yeah, yesterday, I think. And um, it's live on testing, and we are doing an airdrop reward campaign. So everybody come, participate, try out all the stuff, try to break it on purpose, do all interactions you can do. And behind the scenes, we'll be noting down points for this. So there'll be like a point system, which we are not disclosing on purpose because we don't want to do people, you know, like understand the system and then try to fuck it and just get money from us for nothing. That's not how it works. We're gonna, you know, like we're gonna be rewarding people properly. People who actually benefit, you know, like benefit to the ecosystem and actually bring in some useful input and actually test the thing. We don't need you know, like people botting it. I can do that myself. It's useless. Or what's the point of that? Um, so yeah, and we'll be having this uh, airdrop reward campaign going around the uh, middle and testnet. Also, we'll be having something like that for um, the ebox escrow service on DMC because we wanted uh, DeFi Metal and DeFi Chain people to use and test our escrow service. But that's something for the future. So as of now, Metaland is live on DMC testnet and it's being you know, like protocol in the background, like we're noting what's happening. And in the future, we will disclose this. And like it was, for example, with Optimism or something, there will be a site where you can see, okay, you did this and that, you did this and that, you qualify or you don't. And if you qualify, you complain. But that's something we have going at the moment. 
short version, airdrop, everybody join our channel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that little summary. That's really cool, man. That's such a, a juicy bit of information you just dropped on us there. Um, so, yeah, that sounds super exciting, and I'm sure people will be happy, happy to jump on there. Um, yeah, awesome, man. Um, okay, awesome. So we're just over the hour mark, so um, just want to kind of wrap things up. So, uh, first of all, thank you so much, Paul, for coming on and speaking. Um, you gave us some really juicy information as well um, and left us with a massive teaser, which was always fun. Just now, re- now we need to find out and follow along, right? So um, that's awesome, man. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us and uh, giving us lowdown into eBox and what you've got going on there in the future of it. Um, and also thanks again for Via joining us and thanks, guys, for listening in. Um, and, yeah, unless we got anything else you want to add, Paul, and then uh, we can wrap up there and we'll see you on the next one, guys. I think I'm good. Uh, I'm re- yeah. I really hope everybody enjoyed the conversation and um, could take some information home from that. I really hope it was pleasant for everybody to listen. I'm really trying to speak a bit slower. That's kind of, you know, like something that I, I'm still working on. Um, I really hope everybody enjoyed it. And again, I can just say thank you, Liam. Thank you, all of DeFetchin, for having us, welcoming us, and we're really forward to seeing what we can develop and unfold together. Thank you so much for all of this. Yeah, thank you, man. The pleasure is all ours. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, thanks, Paul. I, yeah, <laughs> awesome, guys. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening. Um, and we'll catch you on the next community space, which should be tentatively on the 25th of October. Um, and this time, that time, it'll be diving into Jellyverse. Um, sure everyone's pretty familiar with jelly best right now so um yeah we'll be diving into those so thanks again paul thanks via um and see everyone in the next one have a good have a good one thanks liam see you guys have a nice day take care guys bye This space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today.